You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Watling and Owen Show here on a Monday. That's a new one. Monday, February 7th. Uh, switching days around again. Thank you all for being flexible with our schedules. But of course, if you can't here on Twitch, be sure to follow the pods on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever. I don't think Google Play even exists, although I've heard George Watling has it. But other yes. than that, don't think anyone else has it. But I uh, appreciate you guys for, for hanging out with us. And tempers, tempers were flaring before the show started today. I, you know, I came on. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do the show. We got some good stuff to talk about. And right off the bat, I'm just getting absolutely slandered by Matt because somehow, for some reason, my hardwood picks, which, by the way, 9-4 and four on the year, doing a great job winning people money, apparently are not good enough for Matt. Or they're too good. I don't know what it is. Matt seems to be a little bit jealous that my picks are hitting at this kind of rate. But I don't get it, Matt. I, I thought we were a team. I thought you'd be happy for me. Did not think that you would come in guns a-blazing at me today. You know, I thought we were a team, too. And then you decided to spoil the the beauty of these picks and the beauty of that was Maddie Ice picks was that I was giving you the picks at first. I was immediately texting you my good friend picks to make on hockey. Right? That's what it was all about. That was the beauty of it. And and now you're not reciprocating that to me. And I think what the, the inner core of my frustration and I was yelling at you for for having as many locks as you have. I mean, which by the way is such a fugazi. It's supposed complaint. to be one pick. It's your lock. It's one pick. Do we get 17 I'm... locks during the NFL season? No. And and the thing that I think Actually, I... yes we do. It's one. Give it's one lock throughout the NFL L-O-C-K season. lock. Yeah, Not... but there's one per week. Yeah. College basketball there's games every day. You can well, pick a game every day. Okay, but you're picking two. And I think the real issue is that you're not texting me these picks because the beauty of this this bit that we have is that we're we're making we're we're in it together, and when I don't get a text from you, hey, this is my lock, I have to be magically scrolling through Twitter, which I'm not on twenty four seven to get our pick. It, it it's disappointing because it feels like you don't care about me. I think that's maybe, where it comes from. Maybe you should turn the uh, alerts on. Maybe you should turn the tweet alerts. But I shouldn't on. have well, to. Why situation. should I have to be on Twitter all day? Okay, I'll text you. I'll text. I'll text you my pick for tonight right now. If that will make you feel better. I think that's what I've been doing for you. Have I been hiding picks from you? No, but you're also a clown when it comes to picks. So how can I even trust? How you? am I a clown? I'm four and three. And I no, was because before we started this. No, because you text me and you're like, I think I might have a lock. That that's yeah, no. And then confidence. I deliver the lock. Nothing in there. I'm it's, giving I you think, the inner workings of my mind. Again, you're it's not, not giving my me fault. anything. It's not my fault. The NHL just laid down and died and didn't play this weekend and had the All-Star game they couldn't bet on. That wasn't my fault. I never said it was. Are you saying that I – I mean, uh, whatever. All I want from you is no, communication. You're... All I want is honesty. I'll retire. I'll retire right now. No, do it. I'll it's good for the a... show. It's good for your brand, clearly, because now you're tweeting it from your own – see, you know what else is the issue? Is I, I spent long, <laughs> hard hours making you a graphic, and you're not even sending me the pic so I can make the graphic for you. Yeah, again, it's it's a noon tip. I know you sleep till 1 o'clock on the weekends. How am I, supposed I to work till 2 a.m. What do you want from me? To not sleep? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll, we'll get it cleared out. I'll start texting you every oh. time I make a lock. Um, and then we'll go from there, all right? How about that? I'll text yeah. you. I get excited, all right? I want to tweet it to the – I'm a man of the people, too. I have people telling me. You can give it to me, too. Or you, can, or you know what you can do? I'll give you one better. You can just send me the tweet. Just DM me the tweet so I make sure that I get okay. the notification. 
Because we're, well, we're a team. Forget. If we're a team, you should be helping me out. Not making we're putting going. the onus on me to find your tweets when I, there's thousands of tweets out there. All right? Is that is that too we're much going to ask? for? No, we're going for win number ten tonight. I'll keep you posted on that. I won't even give it to you right now because I'm gonna make you wait for it. I'm gonna make you really earn it. Um, but yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about. So I'm glad you got that off your chest. I didn't know it was such a such a worry. I think it probably has something to do with the fact that I'm nine and four and you're four and three. You've got some ground to make up. But again, not a competition. But it's not. But it's why not are you saying ground to make up? It's not a competition. If it's not a competition, then sure. then, then it doesn't matter. We should both be happy that we're both above 500. When really, if we started this when I wanted to, we would have been much better on the on the Matty Ice Pick side. Yeah, but also I need you to be good. Like I can't. I'm not trying to get into your head here because I need you to win. Because I'm betting all your picks, so I can't. This isn't a competition, like you said, that we need to work together. So I hope, for the sake of the show, that you stay hot. Why are there no or get over, hot. under overs on half these picks anymore? I'm looking at some of the hockey yeah. ones, and there's like no the NHL is just a mess. It is. They're not ready yet. Well, I'm blaming FanDuel for this. Okay. Let me see if Dragons blame FanDuel. I've got my pick locked in, but I won't say it yet. Uh, let's talk some basketball, though. Speaking of uh, hardwood. hardwood picks. By the way, I've retired from NBA. After going 0-2 the first night, I said, enough of that. I've, I've watched way more college this year. We need to get to college, and that's what I've been doing. So uh, we'll not be betting the NBA. But if you were betting the NBA, I would, I would steer clear of the Knicks right now because you would think at halftime of the Lakers game, they were going to go on to win that game. They're up 71-56 to over the Lakers. They end up losing in overtime 122-115. to And this was actually one game where you could say, like, how do they lose? You know, you had R.J. Barrett with 36. That's a career high. You had Julius Randle had a great game. He had 32 points and 16 rebounds. And this was one of those games where the bench just didn't show up. I mean, Alec Burks was terrible. Uh, Emmanuel quickly has, after last year, been really non-existent. Quentin Grimes didn't have a great game. Uh, so they didn't get a lot of bench help. Their, their starters did pretty well. Fournier had 15 points. Um, but this team, it, it goes beyond this game is really becoming messy. And actually during this game, I'm not sure if you saw this clip, Matt. I was going to send it to you, but I forgot. It just kind of surfaced a couple hours ago where Julius Randle got into a heated exchange with one of the video guys for the Knicks, maybe one of their one of the guys on the sideline where he's trying to th- show Julius Randle something in the huddle. And Julius Randle kind of uh, gets into his face, kind of presses him a little bit. And then Tom Thibodeau had a, an all-time quote where he said, uh, it's par- computers are part of the game. We're just going to have to get used to it. So it was almost like Julius Randle was mad at the computer or something that was, it was probably showing something that he had done incorrectly, trying to correct it. Julius Randle wasn't having it, but it kind of all circles back to I don't know what's up with Julius Randle, but his attitude is a complete 180 from last year. And I think it's probably because he's not playing that well this year. So he's got a little bit of a different attitude, a little toot to him, if you will. But it's definitely a problem. And it's kind of opened up the discussion of what do the Knicks do with Julius Randle? Yeah, and I just I don't like the attitude in that regard. And I know you bring it up, Luke. And it just feels like the entire team is just souring. You know, the fans are kind of getting sour about it. I mean, the fact that you blow that lead as big as they did. You know, to the Lakers, look, the Lakers are a much better team, but when you have that big a lead, you, you can't blow it. And I just don't, I don't like the way Julius Randle acts, right? I mean, it's, he's not good enough to be this much of a diva, if that kind of makes sense. Like, what happened yeah. to the old Julius Randle that worked hard, that kind of took the onus on himself? I mean, last year he was great. And what was so great about him is that he was hardworking. And that's what this city loves and adores. So for him to not bring that back and to be so petulant is, is sad to me. And, you know, there, there's a lot of rumors, Luke, that I think 
to, to, to kind of lead into the at-large for the Knicks. We haven't really gotten to speak about them a whole lot. The idea that trading De'Aaron Fox for Julius Randle, I don't see how Sacramento takes this deal. It just doesn't really register with me. Like, why would you go after a guy that's underperforming, undervalued? Even if his contract matches, I mean, isn't De'Aaron Fox just a better player to have than a guy like Julius Randle, the way he's been acting and the way he's been playing? Yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of comparable, but De'Aaron Fox is younger, and I think his ceiling is certainly higher. I mean, I think last year, I think we can all start to agree, that's probably the peak of Julius Randle. I mean, throughout his career, and it's kind of been talked about among executives this season, it's like last year wasn't really what you think of Julius Randle. You think of the other, the rest of his body of work, where he's a solid player, but he's not going to take you to the playoffs every year. Uh, when he did get to the playoffs, he really kind of fell apart. Like, he wasn't really able to propel the Knicks forward and I think you have to think you know is that the Julius Randle you're going to get for the remainder of this contract because he's under contract until 2026 like he's here for the long haul after signing that extension that at the time looked like a steal for the Knicks but it's going to probably end up being a steal for Julius Randle who after this year he could have made that big contract but at this point he wouldn't have gotten it so it was a great deal for him but that's my question is is Julius Randle from last year you know ever coming back or is this the Julius Randle of the future where it's like you have to worry about his attitude. You have to worry about the fact that he, he brings the ball up every possession, but he can't do anything with the ball. Like, they're really missing that kind of factor. I think that's what De'Aaron Fox gives you. He's not shooting very well this year, but he's a quick guy. He's got a good handle. He can pass the ball. And that's what the Knicks are missing. They don't have that true point guard. They just haven't had it all year since Derrick Rose got hurt. And that's one big hole that I, I'm not sure how they fill. And again, I don't know what Sacramento's thinking. I know they want to get rid of Fox because Halliburton's really emerged as their starting point guard. But Julius Randle, to me, doesn't offer enough on the return end. An older guy, a big contract, you know, a guy that's probably not going to be very happy in Sacramento if he's not happy in New York. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it works out, but De'Aaron Fox would certainly, I think, be a, a nice piece to have instead of Julius Randle. Yeah, I, I don't know where you go from here. And you kind of mentioned, do you ever get the old Julius Randle back? I don't know how you do unless this team gets better. And, and right now, I don't see how this team really gets better right? You have some picks, you have some capital, but who's coming to this team right now? You know, last year was fun and it was bright and that was your chance to make a big splash and they didn't do it, right? And I think that's really dangerous. But also what's dangerous, Luke, is the idea that a lot of fans, and you know, I don't think Pat O'Chang is one of them, you know, one of our good friends and, and occasional listeners. I don't think he's one of the guys that's turned on, got in on Coach Thibodeau. But I wonder, at what point do you turn or do you just have to be patient? Because you're watching a team floundering. You know, they're basically, I think their playoff chances are 3% right now. How do you continue with the current system that's, that's working? You know, that's not working, I should say. Playing your starters heavy, not seeing the young guys, and expect anything to change. Like, wouldn't you want to see the younger guys improve, see what you have, so to speak, if you're a coach of this team? Yeah, and I think that Thibodeau is a guy that, this is kind of what happens. He comes in, he runs your team hard, he'll get you to the playoffs, he'll never win, never really get you very far in the playoffs. And then eventually, either the guys get sick of it or they get hurt, like things like that. It just it hasn't been a su sustainable model as much as you'd like it to be. So I don't know. I think Thibs might be becoming an issue for this team. And I was actually in a group chat earlier, which is composed of mostly Knicks fans that I'm in. They were all expressing frustration with Thibs because of the report that came out today that he didn't even want Cam Reddish, a guy that the Knicks moved. Uh, granted, a first-round pick that's probably not going to be terribly valuable. We'll, we'll see where that pick ends up being. Kevin Knox, a guy that 
obviously wasn't really performing to the next expectations. So again, at the time, I thought it was a good trade. At this point, maybe not just because Cam Rush isn't playing. I mean, he's played 6.9 minutes per game. He's been on the bench, but didn't play in four of their seven games. And in those three games he's played, it's been in garbage time fourth quarter. I mean, the Knicks played a full game in an overtime period. Cam Rush didn't see the court against the Lakers. Clearly an issue there. Thibs didn't want him. Leon Rose did. And that kind of disconnect usually leads to a head coach moving, not the front office, because I think Leon Rose still has a little bit of leeway within the Knicks organization. I think they like him. I think they like the picks that he's made. I think they like the the offseason moves he's made. I mean, granted, this year didn't work out great, but in hindsight, maybe they could have been good. But I think overall, Thibs probably has a shorter leash than Leon Rose. And that could certainly be an issue if Rose is picking guys and Thibs refuses to play them. That that report to me is ridiculous. Like, how do you have that disconnect? And, you know, you, you say the the president is the one that's going to stay. And I happen to agree. I think he's done a really solid job. Obviously, whiffed on free agency. But the draft picks have been nice. I mean, Quentin Grimes late, you know, Miles McBride or what is it? Deuce McBride, people like I've him heard, too. I've heard McBride has been absolutely phenomenal in the G League. I've heard a lot of people clamoring for him to get another shot the, at the NBA. And he's a guy that can actually handle the ball and distribute, which the Knicks just don't have. But right it's now. so different. Like, imagine him playing up and going up against, like, Kyrie Irving or any oh, premier yeah, point guard. So I don't really give him too much flack for not playing him right now. I'd rather see him develop in the G League being a late-round pick. But to, to get Cam Reddish, a guy that's playing about 20, 25 minutes a night in Atlanta, putting up respectable numbers, a guy that wants to move so we can have a bigger role. The fact that the Knicks didn't sit down and decide what his role would be before you trade him. That's why I kind of, I didn't question the deal by any sense of the means. I said, if this is a guy that, that, you know, you, you waste a, a, a weak first round pick, but what could you have done with that pick? Could you have used it this off season to get Donovan Mitchell? Could you have used it this off season to get whoever? Well, right now you just wasted the first round pick. You use it to get rid of Kevin Knox to bring in a guy that's basically Kevin Knox 2.0 because he's not playing for you. So that's what really frustrates frustrates me with this team is beyond Julius Randle, beyond this team underperforming, the fact that you're well, supposed to be good for this team, the infrastructure, the patience, the, the, the people in place, the coaching staff and the front office, we're supposed to be in lockstep. They were supposed to bring us out of these dark days. The fact that there's a rift between them now and there was probably between them during this offseason when Kemba Walker came in, because you saw how he's been handled by Tom Thibodeau. That's what really scares me. It's not the play, because you can fix play. You can bring in more talent. But if you're on two separate pages, that's just so dangerous to me. It just, it's it screams, you know, issues down the line. It really does. And the Knicks were, the conversation after they acquired Reddish and he wasn't playing was, oh, they'll trade, you know, an Alec Burks or a Kemba Walker, so they have room in the rotation for Reddish. Well, if Thibs doesn't like Reddish, then he's not going to play. Like, no matter how many, you know, roster spots you have. We saw the Knicks, it basically took the entire team getting COVID for Kemba to get back in the lineup. Like, when he makes up his mind, like, that's it. Like, that's a very, it, he's a very, you know, final decision kind of almost doomsday guy where it's like, okay, it's, it's either all in or it's nothing. Like, to me, I think that's kind of a, a weird strategy to have when injuries happen, when guys get tired, when you're playing back-to-backs. Like, you got to play, obviously, guys to win games, but it's not like, Cam Reddish is a bad player. Like, he was a solid player in Atlanta. He just needed more minutes. And now he's getting even less minutes after they acquired him. So the whole thing is kind of a big head-scratcher for me. And I don't know. I, I don't feel like Thibs has done enough. You know, obviously last year was great. But coming into this year, I don't know if he's done enough to to have the cachet with the Knicks organization to stick around if he's not even going to listen to the front office. 
Yeah, and I think if it comes down to picking one or the other, I think you pick the front office. But they, this team's not. They didn't give him a good team. Say what you want, and he's a guy that tries to win and does everything he can to win, which is probably why you're not seeing the young guys. But the, the front office, front office failed this offseason miserably. I mean, so terribly. You brought in a guy in Kemba Walker that's barely playable. He's basically Derrick Rose 2.0, right? You bring in another guy in Fournier who just can't seem to play. You don't have any defenders that, you know, that Thibodeau likes to play with. And then you don't have a point guard that can actually handle the ball and distribute to your two best players in Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. So should Thibodeau look to separate his bench? Absolutely. When you've got guys getting torched as bad as they are, you've got to make a change instead of just waiting for the bench's time to, to go in. Yeah. And the fact that he hasn't done that is also disappointing. It's interesting to see what we're talking about on Thursday, trade deadline for the NBA. Uh, I guess now's a good time to say Thursday we're going to be uh, 5 o'clock. We're going to be doing a show. We'll talk trade deadlines, Super Bowl, stuff like that. But we'll see if the Knicks make a move. And then Crosstown, we'll see if the Nets make a move because there has been really a circus. And this is – it kind of was necessary to get us talking about the Knicks and the Nets again was – these outside stories, you know, these these kind of off the court things that are going on. And with the Nets, it's it's all their big three, specifically James Harden. He's been the biggest topic of conversation lately because it comes out the report a couple weeks ago. We talked about he doesn't want to be in New York, blah, blah, blah. He wants to be traded. But now it's kind of a, a different song and dance, at least by the Nets and Steve Nash saying that they will not be trading James Harden by Thursday. But the question is, should they? I mean, should they? Because if he walks in free agency this year, if he opts out, then you're getting nothing. Right now, you can maybe get a Ben Simmons, a guy that can help you defensively. I'm not the highest guy in the world on Ben Simmons, but if he can play the role of defense distribute, maybe it's not such a bad deal for the uh, for the Nets. James Harden gets to go somewhere where it seems like he wants to go. I mean, Daryl Morey, president of basketball ops over in Philly, seemed to like him in Houston. That seems to be a, a possible destination. So. You know, the Nets seem firm that they're not going to trade Harden, but I think if the right package comes across their table, I mean, they'd be kind of crazy not to at least look at it. Right, and I think part of it could also be a signing trade this offseason is, is what I've also been you know yeah. hearing. Not not that I have sources, con- just NBA the contracts idea. are really just an interesting avenue. Like, I was reading the article on ESPN, and there's like eight, like four different things that, that Harden and the Nets can do with his contract. So, yeah, like a signing trade or – he can like sign to a certain amount of teams that have the cap space for him, and I like a super like it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sign and trade would definitely be an option too this offseason. And I wonder, Luke, let's say you trade James Harden now for Ben Simmons and I don't know Maxi or Thibel or or uh, Seth Curry or or a, a mixture of them. Do you think that those guys make the Nets better, or do you think they do you think it's a net positive for the Nets? When you compare them to the Sixers, or does it make them you know worse off if you give them James Harden, even if you're getting back Ben Simmons? Uh, I think that's such a tough question because I think James Harden is, I mean, he's one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history, but the way that the rules have been tailored this year have kind of hurt him because he's not getting points at the line. He's not getting those same calls, and I think that certainly has had an effect on him and how he plays the game. I mean, if you get Ben Simmons, you have a good defender, you have a good distributor, you have a, a bigger point guard to kind of put next to Kyrie. Uh, and then you could get, you know, a Maxi or a Thibault or a Curry, like you said. It's hard for me to part ways with James Harden, though. And I think you also have to think about, if you're the Nets, which is another aspect, how does Kevin Durant react if you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons? You know, how does he 
kind of take that and say, well, I don't want to be here then. You know, James Harden's my guy. You know, we played together. We grew up together in Oklahoma City and things like that. So I wonder, there's like eight different things that go into every decision the Nets make, and it's because they've basically given the franchise to Kevin Durant and Kyrie. What I gathered was that KD isn't going to tell them what to do during the trade deadline. Again, I, I heard this on talk radio that they have not sources, but people reporting it, right? Um, and he was like, hey, just I, when I come back after the All-Star break, I think Brian Windhorst reported this, actually. I want a team that's as determined as I am to win a championship and for, for the long haul, right? Not just this season. So if James Harden isn't part of that, then they have the authority to move on from him, right? And one thing that I think would be really interesting, because I know you don't have it in the rundown here, Luke, but Kyrie Irving, or no, you, you kind of do. Uh, Kyrie Irving said that he's hoping to be back to playing full home and away games by before the All-Star break, which. I mean, he can do it. He has the control to do it. But it seems like he knows something that we don't know. Yeah. Maybe with the, with the protocol in New York City, you know, opening it up to let him play, which at this point, you know, that idea is kind of pointless because someone that took one Johnson & Johnson vaccine in May is not – it's useless at this point, basically, for the most part. So maybe he gets that. Maybe he gets the vaccine. I don't know. But I really wonder if Kyrie is back and playing 100% of the games, if Kevin Durant, when he gets back and healthy, maybe James Harden just doesn't, isn't happy because he has all the pressure on him now. You know, every game to game, he's the guy, right? You're missing Joe Harris. You're missing KD. Kyrie's a half player. James Harden, maybe he's not 100% physically. Maybe that's just him being like, look, I, I can't physically or mentally do this right now. But when everyone's back and healthy, maybe he changes his mind. And you kind of hope that that's the case, but you never really know. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's the same roster structure as Houston, but yes, I kind of feel like it's similar. Like I'm kind of, he's like, I'm kind of on an Island here now. You know, I've got, you know, the two guys I'm supposed to be playing with aren't playing. I mean, Kyrie can only play home games. You know, Kevin Durant is, is hurt. And for James Harden, it's, yeah, it's kind of like one of those situations where he's looking at it. He's like, I can't, I can't have this pressure on me right now. Like I came in, in here to be you know, the number two, the number three, I've been a number one before I want to win that championship. And I don't know, maybe a championship isn't at the top of his list, but if it is, I mean, he's got to be looking right now and being like, man, I need some help here, guys. I can't be the only one out here doing it. And they've certainly, I mean, they're sliding. They're 29 and 24. They're, they're all the way down to seventh in the East, but there's time. I mean, there's plenty of time. They're going to make the playoffs. So it's kind of one of those situations, you know, reminiscent of when LeBron was with the Cavs, uh, you know, when they were, you know, getting the seventh seed or the sixth seed or, or some years even worse, like as long as they get into the playoffs, they can make some noise. And I think they know that in the back of their minds because KD's going to be healthy. Kyrie, like you said, maybe knows something that we don't know. And James Harden, if he can buy back in, they're going to be fine. But I think right here, as we sit here the week of the trade deadline, it's hard not to speculate about James Harden because you don't want him to just walk away. Nothing. Right. I agree. But it, it's scary. And people are saying, you know, if, if James Harden moves on, this team doesn't win a championship. It's a colossal failure. It is, but it's also so induced by ex external factors and forces that like are just so strange, right? Like you you can call it a failure because it, it is if you don't win a championship with these three guys or two of the three. But who would have thought that Kyrie wouldn't get the vaccine and this would be an issue? You know, when they signed him, who would have thought James Harden would would sour on Brooklyn literally a year after being traded there? Like it's just such a crazy. Yeah whirlwind of garbage for this Nets team that you have to feel bad for for at least the fans you know maybe not for the organization because they they sold their soul right to the devil and, and to the players which right or wrong decisions yet to be determined 
But for the fans, I think you feel for them more than anybody else. Yeah, and, and we'll move on. We've only got about seven minutes left in the show. Uh, we'll talk more Super Bowl on Thursday, of course. But I'm I'm kind of excited for this game, and, and I'll kind of just touch on this kind of more major headline. I like the idea of, you know, I feel like there's no wrong answer to who you can root for. Like, I feel like this is a fun scenario where it's like Matt Stafford, first year away from the, the Lions, he's already in the Super Bowl. You know, they've got some fun pieces there. Uh, unless you're a Browns fan, then this is a tough game. But then, you know, for the Bengals, it's Joe Burrow. I mean, who would have thought his first fully healthy year, him and Jamar Chase, would be leading them to the Super Bowl. Like, the city of Cincinnati, of course, never having won one. Like, I feel like this is a fun matchup from an outsider to just be like, I, I can just sit back, watch a game, and not really care the outcome of it. Luke, I- I've got a take. You're not going to like it. Oh, boy. It's kind of irrational. I don't really want either team to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Like, I think I'm going to be upset either way. Which so, I guess, I guess you're the opposite of me. Yeah, okay. Because, so like, yeah, I'm going to be happy. For the Rams, I, not. I, I, I'm mad at their owner for leaving St. Louis. That's just kind of, like, crappy. That's just, like, a bad guy move in my eyes. So, like, I don't want him to win. I don't think he deserves Crumpy anything. Out. Yeah. Hashtag Crumpy out. Exactly. And then with, with the, the Bengals, I don't know. Everyone just, like, I like Joe Burrow, but everyone's, like, too high on Joe Burrow. As like no, I know as a mean. story and a person and yada yada that I have to flip the other way, like it's not yeah. even contrary. Just heel. like everyone is so happy and gushing over him, I just want those people to be upset. Not I don't want Joe Burrow to be upset or the team because it's a cool story, but the people that are over hyping the story, I want them to be upset. If that kind of makes sense. This is this is an all time bad like owner game because Mike mm-hmm. Brown for the Bengals is like the cheapest owner. They, they practice outside. Right now they're practicing, I think, at the University of Cincinnati because they have an indoor facility because the games would be indoors. Like, the players literally have to walk from their locker room across the street like it's high school to go to their practice field. Like, they're one of the only teams in the NFL that does that. You know, they have to practice rain or shine outside except for this week where they're at the University of Cincinnati. Like, all-time bad owner matches. So I understand that from that perspective. But as much as Joe Burrow's hype has definitely ascended, I will say, I, I want – I wouldn't mind seeing him win, although I will say it kind of feels like the Bengals stole the Bills year. Like, this should have been mm-hmm. the Bills, like, wait your turn one more year, things like that. But it is what it is. And then with the Rams, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Giants fans are in a weird spot, too. Because I think some of them actually wouldn't mind seeing Odell win, but I think a lot of them hate him. So it's kind of a weird kind of scenario there, too. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I don't really have a, a Giants fandom or, or stake. Do we still have a hard out at 3 o'clock, Luke? Is that, is that what we're going with? Yeah, we can hit like a 305. Okay. I can be okay right. with that. I just want to make sure because you left me with very little time for Broadman yeah, and Rush. And, and, and no, well, I mean, you didn't rant. I, for see, the first time I was just going to say, you're going to blame me for it. Blame me. You're the one managing the clock. I'm talking about the Knicks and Nets for 25 minutes. It's important. You not want and then you go to them? the Super Bowl. Like, we don't have a show in three days. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we won't have a show in three All days. Right. Like, Why, you, you just never know. You're going to cancel on us again? No, they're, they're, sometimes there's outside service. I'm just saying, in just in case. I'm just getting it out okay, there, man. all right? Well, all right, go through we'll, Rod. We'll man. go quick because so I've got a Zoftic. Yeah, talk about Doug Peterson. Hurry. I've got a Zoftic uh, Maddie Ice picks to try to get back and, and climb back into this apparent race we have that you're propagating. There's literally no race. Uh, no race. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love it. I'm excited for him. He's a good coach. He was a Super Bowl winner. He coached Carson Wentz pretty well. He was kind of under the radar in my eyes. But, like, happens to be, like, a very safe, like, steady pick. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good for developing Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. I wasn't in love with it just because the way that his tenure ended in Philly. But 
It could have been a Philly thing. I've heard things. A lot of fans aren't usually too happy with the uh, Philadelphia front office. So could be a good change. But I don't know. As long as Balky's in the GM spot, I feel like there's, I don't know, there, there's just this aura around him that no one seems to like working with him. So I kind of, I wonder how that kind of impacts this because Peterson had his issues with the Eagles front office so I don't know how this is gonna go right well they're bringing in an executive uh vice president of football operations above Trent Balky, which hope you know hopefully he's the guy instead of Balky, which is which is interesting because if they really wanted Byron Leftwich, who didn't get the job because he didn't want to work with Balky or wanted to bring his own guy couldn't they have hired his guy to be the executive vice president if they really wanted Byron Leftwich? probably yeah but also like I don't know if Shad Khan's like the only one that loves Balky. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Who knows? Yeah. It's Jacksonville. So, like, at the end of the day, they haven't had a great GM in years or a great coach. So, right. it's kind of kind of one of those things. Since uh, Doug Marone, if you will. Yes, the great Doug Marone. That's right. Uh, Houston is looking at Lovey Smith, their associate head coach and defensive coordinator. Confirmed, Matt. Confirmed. It's confirmed he is their new head coach? Yeah. During our show, it was confirmed. I didn't think it was worthy of, like, bringing it up, but yeah. Well, g- good for them. Uh, I like Lovey Smith. He's fine. He's got a he's, he's 80, got a great beard. 89 and 87. Great beard, like you said. Was was the coach of that Tampa Bay team when they really had nothing, right? That was him? Or was and he the in Bears. Chicago? He was at the Bears. Okay, he was at the Who was the coach in Tampa then all those years? Uh John Gruden. No. Okay. I'll I don't know who you're thinking of. But I, I like it. I think well, it's fine. I I like it. I don't know. We'll see. He did an okay job with Illinois. I it's just weird. I don't understand the Texans, like, what their end goal is because every year they just really want to hire Josh McCown and they just never do. Like, that's a weird strategy. Like, if you like McCown, make him your head coach. If you think he's not ready, then wait a couple of years. Don't make it seem like every offseason you want to do it, but you're scared because no one else wants him. Like, there's first-time head coaches all over the place in the NFL. Like, just do it if you want to. If you don't, don't. But it feels like this is going to lead to Lovey Smith two years from now being fired because they don't have a great roster. They're still a few years away. And then, then maybe they bring him a count. Like, it's just this weird song and dance they do every offseason. Which, at that point, you might as well have kept uh, Maca- uh, Macaulay at this point, right? Yeah. And Luke. Just, just Cully. No Macaulay. Cully. Look, got to be honest, I'm a little frazzled Cully here. My, my Safari on my computer is busted, so now i got to read the rest of the stories off the phone here. Um, oh, man. We'll move on to hockey, Luke. Uh, the Canadian – the Olympics are going on in, uh, in China, if you didn't know. And I watched them this weekend. Did you? The, the, well, did you watch the Canadian women's hockey team late last night have their game delayed 65 minutes because there was some uh, Russian COVID-19 test that hadn't been processed uh, up until that point? They had, I think, six players in COVID protocol. Well, they played the game 65 minutes delayed, but they also both sides were wearing N95 masks for the first two periods. Then Russia took them off after they got their test back. And Canada kept them on for the entire game and won it, what was it, 6-1 with masks on the they entire time. They didn't cover the spread. That's probably why they didn't cover the spread. Because they had the mask. That's right. I, I thought Wasn't about the spread like game eight and a half. I think it was six. Seven and a half. I think it was five and oh, a half or okay. six and a half. That's crazy. But did you also see they, they were talking about – I saw an article about not having Olympic women's hockey anymore because there's only two like actually competitive teams. Yeah, that was like an op-ed or a column. And oh, okay. the woman literally wrote That's that column thought. like 30 or 40 years ago in the 90s. Oh, the one. She's, okay. she's a clown. She got dunked on on Twitter. Like, could you imagine okay. like being on the, the Russian team or any other team where you're like a part-time player? Because the Canadian and American teams, like this is nearly their full-time job. It's not quite, but they can they have the infrastructure invested in them. 
if you're like Russia or Sweden, you don't have the infrastructure to have a great team. And reading that's just disgusting. Also, Matt, you you keep calling them Russia. It's it's, it's actually the, ROC. the Russian Olympic Committee because yes. they can't be Russia right. anymore. They got banned. Banned. I, I miss the Olympic athletes from Russia. OAR. Yes, great band of course. as well. Uh, um, let's wrap up. I do wrap up with. Let's go with this one, Luke. This was a late ad. Ten year anniversary over the weekend of Super Bowl XLVI. What is that? Sixty five? Fifty five? <laughs> I don't know, man. Sixty five. It's funny man. that you read it like that. Why would you write it in Roman numerals? Because I'm a clown, Luke. Okay, we we know this already. Well, the Giants won twenty one seventeen. They beat the Pat the Patriots for the second time in five years in the Super Bowl, and now we're we're a full decade plus, Luke, without a New York championship. And, and I'll ask you this. Who's the next champion from New York? Well, you forget NYFC, champ, the people's okay, champ. Okay, of, of the three, four major sports. <laughs> oh, three major? Who's getting cut? And probably hockey, but no, let's go with the four wow. major sports. Basketball, okay. football, baseball, and hockey. I think you have to kind of go with the Yankees. Yep. I think they're like kind of the easy answer. And then I think maybe the Rangers would be the, the sneaky other answer. Uh, but I don't, I don't see it. See I don't see the Giants and Jets winning within the next few years. The Yankees, I think, right now have the clearest opening to a championship window. But you never know because the Islanders, we, we know they've been close in the past. The Rangers are pretty good this year. But sneaky the Mets, though. I, I kind of forgot about the, the offseason moves they've made uh, because we have no baseball. But I'm going to say the Yankees probably yeah. have the best chance. Covering my sweatshirt. I'm not wearing Yankees hoodie right now. That's just my honest opinion. Luke, I agree with you on that one. I've got some ice picks, Luke. And I've got three because I've got to catch up with you in these picks. Okay. This is spread over the course of the next three days, keep in mind. We don't have a show until Thursday, so I'll give them all now. This is wild. Release them out as we go. Tonight, the Carolina Hurricanes plus one and a half against Toronto at minus 200. I love Carolina in this game. Safe bet. Both starting goaltenders were actually in the All-Star game this past weekend, so... It's it's the traditional one and a half when when you've got a team you know the road team is usually the underdog so give me Carolina I think they win it outright or they keep it close tomorrow night Luke Minnesota Wild minus one and a half against the Winnipeg Jets the Jets defense kind of stinky Minnesota Wild love their offense they're a great team they've got to keep pushing on at plus one ninety and Wednesday morning a nice I think it's a six forty game give me the ROC the Russian Olympic Committee. Minus one and a half, no. the men's team taking on Switzerland at minus 115. Russia's like the only team with actual pro hockey players playing. A lot of them from the KHL. I think they're going to dominate, and, and they might win it again this year. So give me Russia on Wednesday. Give me the Wild on Tuesday. And give me the Hurricanes tonight. Lock them all in as we continue to trek above 500. All right. So here's the deal, Matt. I'll give one pick today. I'll retire till Thursday. If that's what you want, I won't give another pick till Thursday. So I you can get three hockey picks. When did I say that? When did I say that? You're saying I picked too many games, so I'll pick one game two, tonight. You're picking two a, a day. Pick one. You get one because lock. Because it's a Saturday. It's, it's, it's a Saturday. one lock a, a day, okay? You got games all day. One okay, lock a day. Lock. It's not that hard. It's not, it's not hardwood pick. Well, it is hardwood picks. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Also, you've given out parlays. That's literally the same thing. No, I so had I to really... get the parlay because it gave me better odds. Really well, okay, we also picked a was... minus. Picked a minus two hundred tonight. Because I gotta get 200. back into it. Well, are your picks always plus money? No, they're not. No, but they're the normal, you know, minus one ten to minus one twenty range. I mean, we. But look, you you followed it up with a plus. What do you want me to say? It's, it's a two. It's the only I thing I can make. Do you want me to take the money line? I don't like the no, money line I... for it. No, no, I think it's a fine pick. And you know what? You you followed it up with a plus 190, so I'm not going to complain. Again, not complaining, because I have a pick that's like 
I think minus 114 on FanDuel right now. But again, normal odds, that's about what you're going to get when you pick a spread. I'm going to take over 127.5 in the Pitt-Virginia Tech game tonight. Like the ACC, I've watched a lot of it this year, so it's a lot easier for me to bet on these games. But digging into the numbers, man, both of these teams' defenses have gotten a lot worse since conference play started. And Virginia Tech's offense has got a lot better. They're averaging 70.8 points per game. Pitt, not a great offense. They do have a terrible defense, so I think this overhits pretty easily. They're two teams that, in conference play, like I said, defenses have gotten worse. Virginia Tech's offense has gotten better. I think that is the ingredient. To success in an over, I'll give you one more number, Matt. Virginia Tech scoring five and a half more points per game at home. They happen to be playing this game at home, so I think that helps as well. So give me over. Let me make sure I got the number right. 127 and a half. Pitt Virginia Tech tonight. I know you hope I lose, but I hope I win for the people. I hope you win because I'm betting it, Luke. That that's that's the, okay. the crux of it. I just wish you you had some some you know some you know not even want to say guts, but some some honesty. Some I wish you respected the game like I did. I That's do respect the game. I bet every single one of your picks. As we speak, I'm betting the Hurricanes. But you're not. You're not. Uh, by the way, the issue is you're not giving minus, me the picks. Minus two hundred fifteen. I might. Add. I have them at two hundred on on uh, DraftKings. Oh, so maybe I should place this on DraftKings. Yes, they are minus two hundred on DraftKings. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. So. So we'll lock that in. And I don't know what uh, you want that. to say when the the lines for hockey are so different than any other sport. You're right. No, you're right. And you're right, it is minus 200, so... I mean, every, every, every underdog on the puck line is around 200. So if, right. if, you, if you're at that point, you're not letting me take, like, a quarter of what I would okay. want to take. Okay, you're fine. Pick whatever games you want. I'm in on the Hurricanes. I'm with you. Thank you. That'll wrap up the show. We'll be back on Thursday, 5 o'clock, right here on Twitch. Be sure to follow wherever you get your podcast as well. Thank you guys for listening to... Uh, Another heated edition of the Wilding and Owens show. We'll be back on Thursday fighting like a married couple once again right here on Twitter.